Hello, and welcome to Industry Elites. On this podcast, Industry Elite's very own Natalie and Vicky are going to be interviewing business owners and individuals who have made their mark in their respective industries. Jeff Alderman is a pioneer in digital media and search marketing. He is passionate about building high-performing teams to take on bigger brands, which he's done several times over his 25-year career in e-commerce and digital marketing. Ad Media is a performance-based, full-service media company that connects advertisers to consumers, omni-channel, including PPC, search, shopping, native, contextual, mobile, video, email, and more. Jeff was born and raised in Detroit, and he has a passion for growing Michigan businesses and enjoys spending time with his wife and three kids experiencing the pure Michigan treasures. Hi, everyone. On this week's episode of Industry Elites, we are very excited to welcome digital marketing veteran Jeff Alderman joining us today on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. We're super excited. So obviously, digital marketing has grown exponentially from what we've seen, and I'm sure what you've seen being an expert in the field. So how do you think COVID has played a factor on how the industry has been impacted over the past two years? Interesting question. So, and I get this all the time. So been, <laughs> I'm sure you yeah, do. <laughs> we've, uh, yeah, I've been in the digital marketing industry for over 25 years, right? So since the infancy, uh, right? And seen a lot of you know, storms, recessions, uh, and obviously the latest uh, over the last two years with COVID. Uh, has really forced a lot of companies to really expedite plans, um, especially with digital um, transformation, digital activations, and really kind of fast forward the industry, right? Or, or have people fast forward their own businesses uh, in, a, in a pretty kind of accelerated way. And so as a company that supports, again, the Fortune 500 uh, and the best of the best digital marketers there, we've seen a, a lot of explosive growth across the board. So with kind of everything going hardcore with COVID these days. Have you seen um, kind of um, more to expedite online shopping spaces and how digital marketing has really taken off with the online shopping and I guess the general need for it, especially with kind of conglomerates like Amazon? We, we have, you know, as a father, you know, uh, I guess I'm a direct uh, consumer myself, right? I think the Amazon guys have spent more time at my house during COVID in the last two years than my own family in some <laughs> in some instances, right? Uh, so, right. So, so it's pretty interesting, right? So, but yeah, as far as kind of just overall, you know, the acceleration of shopping uh, and, and e-commerce shopping, or, or you know, there's a lot of kind of niches inside of e-commerce as well. Right. So when you talk about social commerce, right, is doubling over the next five years and you talk about um, really, you know, kind of the influential side of commerce and how does, you know, e-commerce in general um, grow and how has it been growing? Um, a lot of companies, um, you know, big and small have both really, you know, had a lot of headwinds. Um, because of you know, what's happening with COVID and really the immediacy of customer expectations of, you know, they want, you want a product, you know, now, right? And so you have a lot of companies that have been uh, struggling really uh, for that growth because of supply chain issues or, or even kind of technology infrastructure, right? They, they can accept the orders, but they can't process the orders fast enough. In some cases, we've seen a lot of brands, even the top 
Fortune 500, Fortune 2000 struggle with the surge of demand um, as customers you know, have a desire um, to receive their products as quickly as possible, but also kind of their order velocity is picked up um, as well. So um, it's great for businesses. Um, yes, you have a lot of mega companies like an Amazon, like a lot of the traditional uh, omni-channel brick and mortar retailers um, that are really kind of you know vying for more market share or even defending their current uh, market share that they have um, from you know challenger brands or from kind of the conglomerates as well. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, interesting battles happening uh, with kind of just the e-commerce ecosystem in general. You know, it's funny you mentioned that the, the new attitude of I want it now because I am online shopper public enemy number one. Uh, <laughs> especially... <laughs> we all want it everything as soon as we can get it. Exactly. It. And it, it's funny too because if you remember back in the day kind of when online shopping like really started, the websites would have like shop online 24-7 and that was like a selling feature but you would get your stuff in two to three <laughs> weeks and you and if it showed up in a week and a half you were like, oh my god, this was so speedy. And now it's almost just like Amazon has set the bar for that overnight shipping so high yeah so it's like when you get something that's not almost instant you're kind of like do i actually like want to buy this like it's it's a weird thing now before you were like shipping i have to pay for it do i want to buy this now it's like three days are you serious i don't want that it's just so (laughs) it's gonna take three days to get here i'll pass yeah it's just so funny how things change yeah, they do change, and it's it's again. I think you know customers, their expectations uh, are immediate, right? And so, uh, but you're you're right, right? I remember kind of starting in in my career, and you know, 1996, we had a family uh, gift basket and novelty chocolate business, and we started our first website when I was in college in 1996, right? With front page and Meva Merchant was the e-commerce platform, and. And back then, the fear was, uh, you know, can I put my credit card online, and is that is that safe and secure, um, right? True. And all and also, uh, you know, if I order this thing online from somebody I've never met, am I going to get it right? So the whole kind of distribution side of the business, and so I think again, consumer the consumer mindset has clearly kind of come a long ways in the last you know twenty twenty five years, but really over the last again part of part of that is the last five years even way before covid and consumer confidence as far as online shopping uh, behavior has really uh, elevated and so because now people are expecting you know products or services uh, essentially immediately uh, right if it's an amazon prime in certain markets it's what two hours and a lot of grocery services or delivery services of food, groceries, et cetera. And uh, as a consumer, you always want it more, right? We always want it faster, uh, right? Quicker, easier. Um, and so a lot of um, customers are, are really starting to say, you know, I just want the product, right? So no longer are customers going in, you know, hands-on keyboard typing for what they're searching for. Um, but a lot of, again, the behaviors of shopping and search have been um, just kind of same, right, voice, right? What are you looking for or whatever website you're on right now, 
you know, um, searching for that product or service or clicking on the link that's even you know, dynamically there, uh, right? It's very relevant. Mm -hmm. uh, and that also expedites kind of the, the shopping cycle, uh, right? So from kind of a research to a buy is faster, but then as soon as you buy, obviously those expectations are continuing to grow and that's where a lot of uh, companies are really kind of under-resourced, um, right? Even if their technology or their sites are two years old, well, that's kind of, uh, that that's pretty ancient nowadays, right? Right? Mm -hmm. So the need to constantly, you know, innovate and reinvest okay. in their own businesses, small businesses to, you know, the largest enterprise brands is always there. That's just listening as we're talking about client and customer expectations and how quickly things have been expedited due to just obviously the changes over the years and obviously COVID has played a big factor in forcing businesses um, to take that leap a lot quicker than they had maybe expected to from a more traditional space. So where do we go from here in terms of <laughs> the consumer space and businesses online? Because we have Amazon here doing business and shipping things to us overnight that how are the expectations like they can't really fall from here so they're only going to go higher like where do you foresee this speeding up because I know businesses now a lot of clothing stores have um, apps now so you don't even have to go on the website to purchase something you're purchasing something through an app you have your credit card you're inputting it and it's basically like a game of shopping so like are all businesses going to have like their own apps or like how are they getting to us in that quicker like time frame to set our expectations even higher? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the the kind of, you know, the doorway in, right, and the platform they have, you know, needs needs to always be revisited, right? And so it's mm -hmm. it's not about, you know, just necessarily an app. I think it's more so about I like to kind of simplify things, right? So it's about if you will kind of, you know, PAT, right? So it's the people, it's the actionable data, and then it's the transactions, right? Ultimately, how do you simplify the people to transactions, right? And, and really kind of beeline that regardless of what site or what app they're coming from. Um, as, you know, uh, again, those behaviors, right? Search behaviors or shopping behaviors or con media consumption behaviors um, are not in a linear line anymore. Right, the world existed before, uh, as an example, before Google or before Facebook or before Amazon. Um, right, the world exists after. Um, again, how does somebody buy a product or service? You know, from from a, a brand, what is that? What's the path? Right to, to research it and buy. Does it have to be you know conducted on a on a website or an app or through a voice um, application? Right, like a like a Siri or Alexa. Um, again, it's the whole experience all the way through, right? Because if it's fast and it's not the right product, right, or the product doesn't work and then all of a sudden you have to return it, right, as a, as a customer, that's also a bad experience, right? So so yes. it's our own with the right experience. I was just at one of my, uh, you know, uh, with my daughter at a, a local store, a major retailer, um, who's one of our clients, and actually the return line for Amazon return line was wrapped around the store three quarters of the way. And the checkout line to buy new products in that store was, you know, nobody was in line actually, right? You just walked right through, right? And so yet you have this bottleneck in the return experience, um, you know, and, and that's also now 
a challenge from an experience perspective that people need to solve for because again the ordering side of it was quick and easy but now the whole consumer experience after the fact kind of post-purchase if you will uh, is challenged right and so now how do you kind of rewind time a bit and fix it again from a to z um, and that's and that's again just you know one new challenge that a lot of you know mega retailers especially are facing at this point you know there's one thing that i well i guess two parts to this is i'm a new convert to alexa and i hope that didn't set her off just saying that um but like i have two of them now I have, my house is slowly, be, I have two? two, I have one upstairs and I have one on the main floor. Um, it was weird, it came with my mortgage. They were like, you spent a lot of money, here's $200 worth of equipment. Yeah, I know, it's really weird. <laughs> I know, I was like, thanks guys, thank you bank, I really appreciate that. However, all jokes aside, I, so I use her religiously. Yeah, really, I, um... But I just love, like, you're right, it's easy, it's so easy to buy things, because I can, I hope this does not set her off, but be like, Alexa, order toilet paper. And she knows what brand I want, she knows the price, she tells me, she confirms it, she orders it. I don't even have to, like, really do anything, which I just find... I would never... Yeah, oh, wow. Okay, I'm kind of mind blown. I didn't even think that it went that far. Yeah, and, like, she'll tell you to, um... Like, she'll be like, hello, Vicky, you have a package arriving today. Hello, Vicky, your package is out for delivery. Hello, Vicky, your package has been delivered. Like, it is kind of creepy, but it is just so user-friendly. Like, I got my parents one. They do the same thing. And it just kind of makes me laugh because I don't know um, if you remember this, Jeff, because it never took off in Canada. So I don't know if you'll know what this is, Natalie, but they used to have these Amazon buttons, they never really went really far, but you could get one. I think they're called dash buttons. And if you'd get one for, I don't know, Huggies diapers, for example, and it would be a yeah. button that you could push and it would just automatically order Huggies off Amazon. But this was like 2017-ish, but it, it never really went anywhere. But it's just interesting to think like if that did go somewhere, do we just have a series of branded buttons throughout our house just to order things? Like, it's kind of a funny thing to look back on when you think about it, because you're just like, this wasn't feasible long term. Like, you're just going right. to... Like, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, really I, funny. I, I, it is funny. I do, I, I do remember the, uh, those, the easy buttons, right, that a lot of, like, you know, the top brands in the categories were trying to you know, incent people really to put those around their house, right? So like the lawn, there's one, yeah, there's a laundry brand, you know, that I'm sure you're aware of that was trying that. A lot of, you know, the diaper brand for new parents, right? Because it was, it was all about ease and share of wallet, right? Essentially, right? And, and really kind of having that repeat order, right? And the button forced you though to still push the button to order it again, right? And so, you know, now with, um, you know, uh, now with really kind of the movement towards personalization and AI, right, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> deep learnings, uh, right, about media consumption, but also usage consumption of products, right? So, you know, smart devices, smart appliances, right? So same thing there. If, 
you know, your refrigerator, and it's, it, the technology has been out there for a while, um, right? But if it's if it's weighing your, uh, you know, milk jug, right, and your milk jug is, you know, uh, below a certain, you know, uh, weight, right, or ounces, then it automatically order it. Um, or uh, you have barcode systems on uh, refrigerators where you can, you know, scan things in as you're putting them away, and then again rescan them once you're out, and then that places your shopping list and also your order. Um, so some of that is kind of in test markets, you know, especially in Asia. Um, yes, those products do exist here in the U.S., but the adoption rate of those is is very low, um, right? So a lot of that kind of then goes into, you know, what are people, you know, comfortable with, um, right? And and that's the whole the whole balance is with you know product adoption is in conversion is you know what's going to simplify somebody's life and make their life easier. And more enjoyable, um, but not be really creepy. <laughs> so not too invasive. not too evasive. But you know, you, you look at a lot of the a lot of the challenges right now that have been in the industry, and a lot of those are kind of heating up. I would say, you know, with you know what's happening right now, uh, right with as an example, uh, Google, right, and other of the mega tech giants about things like antitrust. Because it's it's not necessarily just about like one product that they have right or one signal like search, um, but you know at the end of the day, um, again they have you know many different if you will hooks right some of those are you know virtual uh, hooks but signals into consumers, um, but also from a brand side what's what's the brand steward um, doing with that information so that that's why again that gets into again that. You know, kind of PAT with the you know, uh, you know, people, actionable data, and kind of the transaction or speed of transactions, but the actionable data piece of it in the middle is really kind of that connected tissue um, for a lot of for a lot of companies. And so again, but how do you do that in a way that is healthy um, for the brand, for consumers, and and overall just again for kind of the the good, um, right of <laughs> of really just kind of society in general, right? And do it in a way that's, you know, uh, really comfortable for everybody. And um, again, keeps the customer kind of in the center of, the, of, the, of that whole equation. Definitely. So um, just another question we have here. So what drove you to pursue this line of work in digital marketing and what would be your favorite thing about it? Um, so, so I would say kind of, Fell into digital marketing, um, you know, in in college. Well, again, back to kind of the family business, um, and so I've always had that kind of entrepreneur spirit. Um, and so, you know, the family business we had was out of, uh, you know, I was kind of you know the director of marketing, right, as a uh, you know a freshman in college, actually. Uh, and back then, it was you know how do we grow the business, right, beyond just kind of the catalog side of the business and retail. And so, you know, it was kind of, you know, in, if you will, the pioneering phases in the, you know, 94, 95, 96 period, and just saw where things were headed, um, right? And so kind of the whole you know, Wayne Gretzky thing, right, is, is go to where the puck's headed, right? So you guys are yeah. from Canada, so I can hopefully talk hockey on here in Detroit, <laughs> um, right? We get the reference. Yeah, story. yeah, okay. So, so but again, again, again it's, um, it's kind of where that's headed. And so I, you know, saw that really kind of early on um, and that's kind of was a was a seed planting for me really to get into e-commerce and digital marketing you know back then and 
Um, and then that went into a startup and, you know, we were you know, a couple hundred clients, small businesses, uh, service, servicing that as a startup in college while I was still going to college. Um, and then kind of from there, you know, went to the digital advertising agency, the first digital advertising agency in the world called Yen Interactive, now called you know, Mediacom. And, um, you know, I remember there we were, uh, uh, we were meeting with one of the largest bookstores actually um, borders at that time um, came to us and said, "Hey, we're we're gonna we're thinking about growing our technology in two two different ways. Either these really cool things called uh, in store kiosks, so people can find books in the retail store, uh, or um, you know maybe this e commerce thing, right? And uh, right, and and you probably know the path they took, right? And that's when Amazon was really first starting to you know begin, and and that was a, you know, Borders was a major brand, right? Uh, people loved going to their local Borders, right? For the experience and books and, and, and they invested in, in the wrong path, right? And I saw that and I knew that was, you know, a mistake, but, you know, as the agency, sometimes you can only guide people, um, right? And the brand and the client sometimes makes their own, you know, decisions. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. Uh, and so in that instance, you know, again, saw digital marketing and kind of where, where it could go, uh, where it was headed. Right. Um, Amazon was never about books, really. Um, it was always about you know, how do they get products from, again, A to B as quickly as possible. Right. It was the platform. It was the logistics. Um, right. That's always what it's, it's been about. Right. Speed efficiencies. And, um, you know, Jeff Bezos has been just amazing with that um, you know, as a mantra and everything he's touched. Um, and so again, I, I just saw kind of that path of digital marketing and e-commerce where things were headed, um, been in the payment side of the business, been in the e-commerce, again, retail side, uh, side, client side for 15 years myself. So I've seen the whole ecosystem, right? Been part of it firsthand, building teams in it firsthand. Uh, and so I've always had that passion really to really kind of help unlock and um, whatever that value is for the company, right? And, and you know, Ben, if you will, kind of early on the, the digital kid, right? The digital guy. Oh, that's the digital guy, right? And eventually the digital guy went to, well, well actually, that's all marketing now. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's, it's, yeah, it's always sure. been, again, that kind of trajectory in my life of, you know, how do you kind of work with small teams of people, tackle a problem in an agile way and, you know, solve, right, for for that problem. And so that's always just been a passion of mine. Um, again, I think part of that is just kind of how I'm wired and have that entrepreneur spirit uh, myself and use technology to, again, improve things. Fair enough. So what is one thing, I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, layers to digital marketing, as I'm sure you're aware. What's one thing about the industry that you would change if you could? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, there's, there's a lot in the industry that, um, you know, is right. Um, I would say there's also a lot in the industry that is, um, you know, should be revisited. Right. Uh, and some of that, um, you know, now is again with, you know, uh, you know third party cookies we know are, are, are going away. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with Google Chrome, obviously you have many different you know, factors happening in, in the industry underway, you know, how the industry was built is still running today, right? And so I'll just kind of take one example on that, right? So, 
Um, cookies, as an example, you know, were built originally for you know one aspect of the industry, right? It was really to you know um, track and optimize and report against you know um, banner ads, right? Um, back back in the day, um, that then morphed into uh, video and mobile and, and search and every other aspect, right, of uh, affiliate, everything. Um, you know, so that needs to be reinvented, um, right, and how we measure things as an industry, um, right? The A lot of companies have their, um, you know, I would say own kind of, you know, walled garden or, you know, they think, you know, they've got the best solution in the world for measurement, Right. But ultimately, um, again, the the measurement goes back to the brand. Right. We don't believe in the fox guarding the hen house. Um, right. And so the brands uh, really source of truth. Right. Their measurement, what makes the, their business grow, if it's you know, their own reporting system for revenue or profitability you know, is the North Star. Right. And so if the entire industry kind of flipped the script right from just, again, um, just kind of a cookie measurement, you know, methodology um, to, uh, again, focus on what really matters, right, for their business, right, the lowest level, you know, common denominator, which typically is new customers or revenue or profitability and revenue, um, right, then, again, I think that really kind of helps brands think about how they should plan and budget. Um, right. It's no longer about just spending 90 percent with two or three people, um, which is still the case with like a Google or um, Facebook um, right right now. And so how do they really kind of plan forward, but using the right data? And so that kind of fundamental shift would be something that, that I would, again, completely flip on its head and, and uh, challenge people to revisit. Wow. As I'm just listening. I'm like, it's crazy how much. People obviously don't realize who aren't in the industry how much intricacy is obviously within it and how different elements are affected to like one we like consumers we mostly see kind of the end goal so just listening to you kind of you see the in-between lines that get you from that start to finish aspect that really impact that end result so that was just interesting um so obviously we're talking about things that you would change but obviously you've seen the growth within the industry as you said you started from the beginning what do you think um what is the area that's had the largest growth that's come from digital marketing well there's definitely some uh, foundational um areas that have grown and continue to to work the best and um you know so i would say from a growth standpoint really search right is is the biggest thing that has really grown and that's kind of fragmented too you know the growth of it is just changing Right. And so it's no longer about you going and searching for a product on a search engine box on a on a screen. It's it's really kind of morphed. Right. And it's really growing. Right. And so, again, how and where people search drastically has changed and grown. Search has always been that cornerstone. Right. For growth um, across digital marketing. And so that's kind of one big area. The other one is is really um, products, how people are finding products, right, and connecting with products or engaging with products and brands um, is clearly you know, been a, a moving target for a lot of brands, right? It's no longer about carrying it in a, in a warehouse or a shelf, right, or finding it on a particular website or an app anymore. anymore. It's about you know, how do you make it available? The growth of shopping and kind of where that's headed 
and you can look at a lot of the you know acquisitions in our space, um, there's been a lot of movement, right? Everyone's trying to kind of jockey for kind of a piece of that pie um, with shopping. Um, and that's only going to that's only going to really kind of continue to really fragment and accelerate at the same time. And so what worked and got people to where they're at today or over the last five years will not be able to be directly applied right from a playbook perspective over the next you know two years or five years. Right. If you're not revisiting your playbooks, you know, every quarter, um, even if it's the best innovation in the world, um, you got to kind of refine that. Right. At least revisit it. Maybe not change it, but you got to at least revisit it. I would, you know, I tell you all the time, at least once a quarter, kind of what's your, you know, what's your kind of constant test and learn plan. Right. And if you don't have one, you know, that's a that's a challenge all in itself. But uh, right. Uh, it, it should always be kind of revisited. Um, you should always want to kind of take what you learned and apply it moving forward. So, uh, again, there, there, there's a lot there. Um, you know, but there's a lot of growth opportunities for brands that they should really consider for the future. So one aspect of digital marketing is obviously, and most definitely social media marketing. Um, from your expertise, what do you think is the greatest appeal for businesses and consumers to follow brands and such through social media? Yeah, it's really, really kind of the, the convergence of social commerce, uh, is, is really interesting. Um, you know, I, I've been a part of a number of just, you know, um, war rooms, um, more so for like big tentpole events like Super Bowl and, uh, you know, Olympics and big things like that. Um, right. And, and social usually is there, you know, at the end of the day, uh, again, it's it's a way to connect people. Um, right. And so uh, but again, that gets into what are you doing with that data? Right. And that information. Right. And how are you using it? Um, there's, there's been a lot of, you know, um, interesting kind of heat on a number of big social networks, right. Over the last several years, um, right. And some of those were more during the last political season, right. Which we can all probably think of, you know, too many examples, unfortunately. Um, right. But from a brand perspective, like how do you, how do you engage with people and help them find you and learn about you and learn about your products? Um, again, it's a two way street is what's the best platform? Um, what are people doing with it? Um, how are you, again, using that data? Um, you know, there's there's definitely the positive side of, again, the social aspect for brands, but also if you re rewinded time last year, you know, there was the boycotts, um, right? Of, of social networks, right? From a paid search or paid uh, media standpoint. Um, and, um, you know, I think a lot of brands had, you know, good um, intent, right, and wanted to kind of sit out, right, or boycott or not spend with certain social networks for very good reasons, um, right? And some of that was brand safety and some of that was uh, really kind of a, uh, you know, more kind of high level, you know, strategy. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, know, you don't need to be everywhere, <laughs> right? I think that's part of the challenge. You don't need to be, you know, kind of a a mile wide and an inch deep and you shouldn't but um again you should make sure that you're always you know reaching the right people where they're relevant again it's uh you got to always be learning and always be testing the next social network that comes out um you know will be 
you know, bigger or better than probably the ones that we've all, you know, uh, li lived on, if you will, over the last 10 years or seven years. So, um, again, it's uh, social networks are great with connecting the right people, but in a uh, got to keep it in a very brand safe and a positive light, um, you know, when you're talking to people. Definitely. And I think what we've also seen is that, like, we are very trusting, I feel like, now as consumers, for the most part, how you're saying before, like, we've been talking about worry people were worried about like should i put my credit card here or like is this safe is this whatever and now i feel like we've totally jumped over that we're like okay yeah this is great if anything like i feel like because of the trust that they've built on their platforms over the course of these years that now even in some elements we might be over trusting in some areas like oh yeah that's probably fine or like oh yeah no worries so it's just interesting to see how it's kind of like flipped the script and how it's transformed so obviously we've given a bit of background to our listeners in terms of ad media and what you guys provide as a service but we just wanted to see if you had any other areas or key aspects that you wanted to elaborate on in terms of the services that you offer yeah we're we're at the heart of it a a, a very innovative company right so you know both you know technology and media right and where those converge um and so you know we've 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 weathered the storm many times um you know for us uh it is about you know reaching people again full funnel cross channel wherever they're at um and you know for us again it's uh you know we, we've been past that uh we, we've weathered again many storms across two decades um and again for us a lot of our focus has been on listening um, you know, to our to our clients, seeing where there's gaps in the industry, um, and helping you know those you know Fortune 500 uh, clients really diversify, right? Um, right. There's you know kind of the whole premise of you know diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? And in, in culture, which is very important, but it's also very important uh, within marketing, right? And you know we believe kind of the uh, the brands that are really looking to um, you know, have kind of um, equitable, you know, marketing and media plans and also uh, include different audiences are key. And so we've taken a lot of those into a lot of our kind of guiding pillars, if you will. Um, and that's really allowed us to kind of help fuel growth. And so, you know, when, when brands are really kind of oversaturated or indexed, you know, with two or three partners, um, you know, in their portfolio or too top heavy, it gets risky, right? For the brands, right? Their ROIs suffer over time. Um, you know, they reach the same people over time and add saturation and, 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 you know, click inflation happens. And, uh, that's really kind of where we've kind of helped brands, um, incrementally grow and complement, you know, what they're doing. Um, we're not an agency, right? And so, you know, for us, we're a very performance driven, uh, company and, and group of, of people. Right. And so our our mindset is always how do we do things um, better, more efficient, reach new people uh, and do it in an agile way. So when the business, when businesses have to change um, or they're forced to change, like, again, with kind of a COVID or whatever the next thing is going to be, um, you know, we've really equipped uh, brands to really pivot on a, on a dime. And so. And we do that with a full service approach. So we do all the heavy lifting. There's no additional you know, strain or stress or resources that we ask for any of our clients for. Um, again, we're just, uh, uh, again, another kind of right arm for them or their agency partners um, to really, you know, perform, right? Really grow their business 
when and where they need it. So just piggybacking off your comment about uh, ROI, um, what would you say to businesses and individuals when discussing the importance of increasing their ROI on search engine results? Yeah, so, um, you know, ROI and typically like where we would outperform them, you know, would be, you know, their non-brand or competitor conquest if they're looking to grow market share, right? Um, and because uh, we're not a search engine, we're typically more efficient, right, on a cost per click than they're used to seeing. Um, I always, you know, challenge people to really kind of rethink, like, what's really kind of an incremental uh, revenue or incremental, um, you know, ROI for the for them, right? Because it can always be better. Um, no one's perfect. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand dollar budget or a billion dollar budget, um, right? There's always room to um, improve ROI, even if it's an incredibly mature program. Um, you know, and again, sometimes it's a brand, it's a, it's a newer client that's an aggressive challenger brand, um, right? But ultimately needs to always be heading in the right direction. Uh, if it's not, you know, then, you know, it's a matter of you're probably over-indexed or over, overly saturated somewhere um, and you're past that, you know, point of diminishing returns. And so um, ROI matters, right, for every business, big and small. And so we have a lot of visibility there too, right? Our, our tech stack, which is our proprietary tech stack, has about 1.4 trillion data calls a day coming through it. Oh, and, wow. And yeah, so that gives us a lot of data signals, obviously, um, and um, you know, a lot of direction, right, for our AI-assisted machine algos to really learn and grow. And, and some of that is, yes, to improve an ROI or grow revenue at a certain ROI to scale, which... Some folks are really challenged in right now is how do they kind of go past that point of diminishing return where they're at? And the answer is uh, sometimes they can't on those current partners they're with. And they have to, again, go back and diversify and provide a incremental growth, right? And look at their look at their search portfolio or shopping portfolio mix and grow from there. So um, ROI does matter in a big way. And if it you know folks are not looking at the ROI, they're looking more top funnel. I, I tell them all the time, you have a limited budget. You should be held accountable to the dollars that you have that you're responsible for uh, and, and always be learning. Always, always uh, again, challenge yourselves, challenge your teams, challenge the norms in a, in a healthy way so that you're always you know, heading in the right direction. Definitely. And I'm sure, as you said, there's a large importance and a lot of businesses do see the importance and individuals see the importance of needing to connect with those advertisers and how you guys are in that space. What would you say one of the biggest misconceptions uh, businesses have about, let's say, just digital marketing or about you guys? Well, I think the big one of the biggest misconceptions is, um, you know, they only need to be in you know two or three spots or one spot, right? And they have cover coverage mm-hmm. to whatever it is, ninety percent of the world, right, with one partner. Well. Uh, you know, again, so that's definitely a, a misconception, right? While the reach might be there, the ROI definitely could be better, right? So, you know, one of the one of the you know, things that we like to do too is to talk about, you know, what's really kind of incremental, right? What's meaning are they incremental customers or is it incremental revenue, right? What's a real kind of incrementality, right? That you're seeing. Um, don't just take it because that's what a uh, you know, uh, your, your, your third party reporting system told you. Um, but you know, really, again, that gets back to the fox guard in the hen house, right? Why are you continuing to kind of 
feed that. So, you know, it's your own house, it's your own data, you know, make sure that you, you have so, you know, many different stakeholders as well in your um, internal company um, that have different opinions, right? Different, different um, lenses that they're looking at it from um, so that you guys are, so that everyone's aligned, right? To that same, you know, North Star that you're all kind of shooting for. It's to really kind of uh, look in the mirror and make sure that you're kind of future-proof as a company and can weather the storms and you can incrementally grow, um, you know, with a true kind of incrementality lens um, that you're using. So uh, as we're kind of closing up to the end of our podcast here, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Any final thoughts? Anything you really wanted to let them know? Yeah, well, thank, first of all, thank you for having me. I think, uh, again, from a kind of, uh, overall perspective, again, it's to really kind of think outside of the box, right? L- literally, <laughs> right? Uh, so search box shopping, wh- whatever the whatever that is, right? Uh, could be the box you got you had dropped off your ass. Think differently, right? So, um, again, it's again what what carried you know you through the, you know the last couple of years will not be your recipe for success for the future. Um, you know, most likely, right? There'll be tweaks along the way, right? When you bake the best cookie in the world, you're continue to, you know, continue to try different ones, right? Different recipes throughout, you know, but again, it's, you know, for us too, it's, it's a matter of, you know, how do we kind of meet the needs, right? And where they're at. And so as people are thinking through Q4 holiday planning and 2021 planning, um, you know, with still kind of a, a fair amount of uncertainty in the world, um, again, they should be you know, thinking through also, you know, what's the agile plans look like, you know, meaning if this happens, then what do I do? If this happens, what do I do? Um, right. It shouldn't just be kind of a an annual plan. Um, a lot of brands we, we have, you know, that we work with and talk to, we have the honor and privilege to be part of so many, you know, industries and so many top fortune 500 brands around the table. Um, that's the biggest thing that a lot of folks, uh, I think, have, have realized now is, you know, they need to make sure they instill a healthy amount of trust in their employees and their teams, big and small. Um, but also at the end of the day, too, um, you know, make sure that they have a true agile plan. It's no longer about the annual planning cycle or the quarterly planning cycle necessarily. It's about what do I need to do this month, today, um, this week, right? And so... That gets into, again, thinking about strategy as well as your plans uh, and make sure they approach everything with, again, that open-minded, agile you know, aspect of, of digital marketing and media planning of, uh, you know, what else is out there? What else should we consider? Um, and, um, you know, um, be open-minded and excited to explore uh, and find, you know, new adventures, right, that will help them and their customers grow, right? And really kind of have that winning mentality of, of uh, you know, you know uh, winning the next battle, right? Or, or, or challenge that they face, because I'm a firm believer in the bigger the challenge, the bigger the opportunity. Excellent. I think that's a perfect way to end off the podcast for today. Thank you once again for joining us, Jeff. We had a great time chatting with you and you definitely opened our eyes, like we said, to a lot of the behind the scenes things that we truly don't even see and i think we definitely are going to be thinking a lot of a lot more out of the box when it comes to seeing the growth continue so thank you again and uh, listeners have a great day thank you natalie and vicky i appreciate it thank you for your time